0: This morning we're kicking off a new series called Better Together, and uh, you know, we, we all may know this intuitively, but, but, and we also know it throughout God's Word, but we weren't meant to do life alone. We actually weren't created to be isolated, all right? We actually uh, were made to do life with other people. Life is better together. And we see examples of this all around us. Think about, you know, the experiences that you have, you know, things like work or church or meals or vacations, you we go to football games and, you know, I mean, those things are, they're okay if we're doing them by, by ourselves, but, but they're definitely better when you experience those things with other people. I mean, tomorrow's game, you know, Georgia versus Alabama, what a cool story that is, you know, and it'd be okay to watch it by yourself, but man, think how incredible it would be. If somebody actually like gave you some tickets, hint, hint, and just said, you know, um, man, it'd be so phenomenal if you could sit on the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium next to your friends and, and you know, 65,000 other people. I mean, that would be so great, right? You See, what, what we do in life can be completely different just depending on who we're doing life with. I mean, not only are our experiences better when we're together, but we're, we're better when we as a church are growing together to become more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so as we start off this New Year's, I realize that many of you, you know, you've, you've, you're, you've come back to church. It's been a while since you've been here. Maybe it's your first time being here. And, and you feel alone. You, you, you feel like you maybe don't have a place where you belong. And you've been searching for more purpose in your life. Maybe it's trying to get more out of your job or more out of your, you know, your marriage or more out of your relationships or or whatever that may be, or even more out of your Christian faith. And some of you just trying to face it all on your own when that's not how God designed you to do life. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be spending some time looking at how God designed each of us to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ and how we actually do that better together. Well, this is the, 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 the first Sunday of the year. And as I said a moment ago, some of you, are first-time guests, we're so glad that you're with us. Some of you uh, haven't been here in a while, and we're glad that you're back. Some of you have been visiting, and, and you're asking yourself the question, all of you, do I belong here? Some of you have been here for a long time, and you're still wondering, you know, do I actually belong here? Do I belong in this church? Do I belong, you know, to this whole, this Christianity thing? You know, I've, you know Christianity's been kind of taking a bad, net, uh, you know, a knockout there on, you know, social media and in the in the, in the media world. But, but you know, I kind of like Christians. And so, you know, I'm here today because I'm really trying to figure that all out, and I'm not sure about it. But here's the, here's the deal. We all have this desire, every single one of us, we all have a desire to feel like we belong, that we belong to something, we belong to, to somewhere. And I want you to know that one of the most attractive things about real, true, authentic Christianity is that it is a place where you can truly belong. When you come to this church, I mean, you, you know, you, you get so much more. When you come to Christ, you get so much more than just a, a ticket to heaven. You actually become a child of God. He loves you in every single way, like a like a really, really good father would love his child. But that's not all. Becoming a child of God actually means that you become part of the family of God you actually have brothers and sisters that you may not even know them but they're part of you're part of that family and when when you become joined to them in a way that goes beyond every human relationship that you can think of i mean it, you know it's actually a relationship that goes further than a marriage relationship a marriage relationship is a is a death you know a, a, till death do you part kind of relationship but the relationship you have with your brothers and sisters in Christ it, it's not separated by death because it's eternal it carries on into heaven and and where we're going to be this morning in, in in scripture which is actually 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and so if you want to turn there the apostle paul refers to this relationship as a body the body of christ and we know the body of Christ to be the big C church, which is actually not just here today, but, but it's what's going on over at Burnt Hickory Baptist and North Metro and or North, North Star Church in Kennesaw and North Metro over in Kennesaw and Freedom Church in Ackworth and Cedar Crest and, and Riverstone and down the street over here at Poplar Springs. And, and what's cool is that we get a chance to be part of something larger than what we're doing here. Actually, tomorrow uh, I'm having lunch with, almost all of those pastors that I just mentioned. And we get together about once a month and, and talk. You say, what do you guys talk about? We, we just talk about you, all right? We talk about when you transfer from one church to another. And no, we don't. We really, we, we really don't do that sometimes. All right. But, but, but you know what? We're also, you're part of the Little, the little C Church, the congregation, the, the, this, this body that, that we named over 20 years ago, Westridge Church, and it's, it's, it's awesome to be part of something that's doing and making a change in, in the community and in our, in our state and our country and our world. But in First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12, here's what the Apostle Paul says about the body of Christ. He says, "For just as the body is one and has many members and all of the members of the body, though many are one body, he says, "So it is with Christ." Now, there should be nothing more united than a body, OK? And the Apostle Paul is, is using this illustration of our physical body to make a point here. And what he's saying is this, my arms, my legs, my ears, my eyes, my head, my toes, my fingers, even my spleen, which you can't see, and even this little pinky toe, which, which honestly, I'm not quite sure exactly why that's there. But I did have a lady come up to me after the nine o'clock service. And she said, you know, I, I, I want to tell you this crazy story. He said, years ago, I had my pinky toe cut off. And she said, I have actually since that time broken my ankle three times and I've sprained it. And she goes, it does help you balance yourself. And I went, okay, that's cool. I didn't know that about the pinky toe, so I'll be more excited about the fact that it's down there. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. Every one of those things are an important piece of who we are, important piece of who I am. I, I don't actually think of a lot of those things as separate pieces because when they're all working together, just doing their thing, everything kind of comes together. I don't think about them. It's only when one of those parts becomes unhealthy or stops working that I actually notice that the whole thing is, is is not functioning as it should be. And the same is true about the body of Christ, the church. When one of the pieces becomes unhealthy or stops functioning or starts working against the other pieces of the body, then you notice that everything's not working as it should. I mean, it just kind of stands out, and quite honestly. That's why the Apostle Paul is writing these words. And he's writing these words to a first century church in a city called Corinth, which is, which is actually, even to this day, is in, is in Greece. Now, let me give you a little historical background here. The church in Corinth, which when you think about churches in the New Testament, you've got to think small. Okay? These are not big churches. That This church really struggled with immaturity amongst their believers. There was a lot of division. And one of the things that caused the most division concern spiritual gifts. Once you become a follower of Jesus Christ, just so you know, um, you're given a spiritual gift by the Holy Spirit. And those gifts that are given to us are to be used to build up the church, to encourage one another, to make this church better. Okay. However, there was a lot of pride. There was a lot of jealousy in this church over some of those gifts, because there were some folks that felt like their gift was more important than other people's gifts. There were other people that didn't feel like they belonged because they didn't have some of the more outward gifts, okay? And Paul writes to say that every person in the church is vital. Every person is important. Every gift is important. He's communicating to these people that regardless of what gifts and talents they were giving, given, that they belong. They belong just as much as the other person. And the same is true for you today. Okay, for all of you who are sitting here. Now, what is it that actually allows us to belong? Right, what, what is it that allows us to really belong and to be part of this amazing co- thing called the body of Christ? Well, it's Jesus. Jesus makes it possible for you to belong. Look at what Paul writes at the beginning of verse 13. He says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now, you know, when we hear that word baptism, we, we you know, most people in, in the church, we, we think of this church ceremony like you just witnessed a few moments ago where, where somebody gets dunked, somebody gets wet. But there's a few other places in scripture where, you know, other versions of the word baptism are actually mentioned. And, but the idea is always to present somebody. Uh, baptized means identification, Okay, you're identifying with someone or something. When you trusted Jesus Christ to be your personal savior and you received his his free gift of salvation, you were given a a place in his body and you all of a sudden were identified with him. You you became a brand new person. You and now you have a, a brand new identity. In other words, now you belong. You belong in the body, in the family of God, and belonging actually has some amazing benefits that maybe you're not quite sure of, but we need to celebrate every single day. Because here it is: because Jesus is the Son of God, you are also now a child of God. Because Jesus has eternal life, you also now have eternal life as as a child of God. Because Jesus is righteous. You have also been declared by God righteous because of Jesus. Because he was crucified, you are considered to have been crucified with Christ. Because he rose from the dead, one day you will rise from the dead as well, which is really cool. Because he is an heir to the kingdom, you have now been declared a co-heir to the kingdom as well. I mean, this is a family that has some unbelievable, amazing benefits. And the baptism of the Spirit that Paul's talking about here is a once and for all event in life of the Christian. It takes place at that moment that you recognize that you're a sinner, that, that, that you, and you receive as a result of that, you receive God's gift all right, of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, a gift of grace that we none of us deserve, but that's been offered to all of us. And we say yes to that and yes to forgiveness and we repent of our sins and we become a brand new person inside. And at that very moment that you make that decision, you belong. You belong to Jesus. You belong to the body of Christ. And Jesus makes that all possible and nothing can take that away from you. Okay. It doesn't expire. It doesn't time out. It can't be lost. It doesn't need to be renewed to be valid and you can't be separated from it. You belong in every way. Now, number two, you belong regardless of the barriers that have have existed in your past or in your background. Okay. And in 1 Corinthians 12, the, the last part of verse 13, Paul continues and he says, Jews are Greek, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And then he says later on in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 he says there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now understand this, back in the in first in the first century when all of this was was happening when it was written, there was just extreme prejudice, extreme racism that existed between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews wouldn't even, even eat at the, at the same table with the Gentile. Matter of fact, oftentimes they would cross the street if they saw a Gentile coming towards them so that they could avoid their presence. They could actually avoid the, the possibility of rubbing up against them because then they would think that they were unclean. And Paul mentions a barrier here. He says, that's a huge barrier. And then he says, there's also a barrier between slaves and those who are free. There were those who considered themselves people and there were others that were considered property. Another barrier existed between men and women. Men were considered superior while women were considered to be commodities with no rights and no privileges. And Paul says in the body of Christ, there is no longer barrier between Jew and Gentile, no longer between slave and free, no longer between men and women. In other words, because of Jesus, there is no such thing any longer. Here's a church for Jews. Here's a church for Gentiles. No longer. There's no such thing as a church for slaves and, and those over here who are free people. There's no longer... A church, or should be such a, ch- a church for, for those who are upper class and those who are poor. There's no such thing as one church for whites, another for blacks, another for Hispanics, another for Asians. Jesus has torn down all the barriers that exist in our world. And so now as a result of that, all are welcomed, all are equal. Now, that is a good point. Time to clap. Unfortunately, not everybody in the church world has gotten that memo. Because 2,000 years later, there's, just, there's still a lot of barriers that exist in the church, aren't there? There's barriers that are racial barriers. There are social economic barriers. There's still gender barriers. We have all kinds of barriers that still exist in the church today. Listen, God has done his part to tear down the barriers. Jesus tore all of those down when he went to the cross. He removed the barriers. Now what we have to do is continue to do our part and then lead the way. And I believe God's called Westridge Church to do that. That means that as a church, that has to, we, that we have to reflect our community, not just in the seats, but on the stage, on our staff, on our church leadership team in every way. This church should be a reflection of what heaven is going to look like, where people of all races, all backgrounds, men and women alike, where they're equal, all worshiping together and all the focus is on Jesus. You see, God is honored and glorified and our hearts will find deeper satisfaction when we break down our our own barriers and we love people just as Christ loves people. We've been baptized into the same family, the same body. We are united regardless of what we look like, where we come from, you know, what, what family we were born in. We were united into the same family because of Jesus. And the church needs to be the one place where everyone feels like they belong regardless of race, background, or past. Now you may have a very messy past or maybe you're, You got some messy stuff going on right now in your life and you're wondering if Westridge is a good place for you to be. Listen, regardless of your past or your present or future mistakes or sin, I want you to know you belong here. We want to help you to get... Over your past, we want to help you get out of your present sin, and we want to help steer you away from future sin and towards a life that focuses on god 's plan and his purposes for your life so regardless of the color of your skin, the car you may have drove down you know and when you came down here, where you live what 's on your w two your age, what family you 're from there is place a place for you in god 's family and there 's a place for you in this church and so the question I started off with is do you belong. Do I belong? You belong. You do. That's the foundation I want to lay before we say anything more in this series. Okay. But I also want you to understand that our belonging means that every person and every gift is vital to our overall effectiveness. In other words, we're, we're better together when every person is using every gift that God has given them. It's all vital to the body to be effective. Now, listen to how the apostle Paul lays this out. He says in verse 14, he says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body would be an ear, where would be the sense of, of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the bo- uh, in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, he says, then where would the body be? Now, Paul's using the human body here to make a case. that He's saying, listen, every part is essential, but it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. We don't all have to be ears. We don't all have to be eyes. We don't all have to be arms. God has made all of us to be very different and to be distinct from one another. And that's a good thing. Just like your body is made up of different parts, the body of Christ is made up of different people with different gifts. They're all extremely valuable and important. They're all essential. Unfortunately, though, we live in this culture where everybody wants to kind of be the same. Even though we say we want to be different, we we, we kind of figure out ways to be the same. We buy the latest fashion so that we can look like someone else. We want to blend in rather than stand out. I mean, oftentimes we'll hear someone say, well, you know, they're just a little different. Well, that's because we think something's wrong with them or they don't measure up. And that's what's going on in this church that Paul's writing to. There were believers in the church in Corinth that had this same mindset. There were some that were arrogant about their gifts and made other people feel less than. But there were others that didn't have certain spiritual gifts. And because of that, they felt like they weren't part of the body of Christ and somehow they didn't belong. And then there were others who were jealous over what other people had, gifts maybe they didn't have. And so they decided not to get involved because they felt like they couldn't do certain things. And so it was just a mess. And again, it was a small church. Now, since we kind of have football on the brain this morning, let me illustrate it this way. Imagine that the offense comes together, they're in a huddle, they're getting ready to call out the next play and all of a sudden the two offensive linemen, two offensive tackles who are on both ends of the line, they look at the quarterback and you know, here are these guys are big 320 plus pound guys and they're like, you know what? We're tired of not getting the ball. We're, not, we're tired of not running it. We're, we're, we're going to sit in the stands from here on out. I mean, what would happen on the next play? The, the quarterback and the running back, they would get demolished, Okay. See, every gift, every person is vital to the overall effectiveness of the team or the church. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Now back to football for a moment. I mean, football is a game where 22 men who desperately need rest are watched by 80,000 people who desperately need exercise. Isn't that true? But Christianity shouldn't be like that. It can't be like that if it's going to be effective. Christianity is a movement of doers. And the Apostle Paul is using some humor. And some of you who are really sarcastic, you'll like this because there's some sarcasm in here in this writing. And he basically says this, imagine the foot watching the hand and saying, listen, it's getting to do all kinds of things that I never get to do, like play the guitar or shake hands or hold babies. I never get to do any of those things. So I guess I don't belong. I'm just not really part of the body. A healthy body has many different parts that play so many vital roles and support so many different functions. And every part is vital to the effectiveness of the body. Every person is, is, is vital to effect, the effect is, effectiveness of the church. Every spiritual gift is vital to the overall effectiveness of the church. And to highlight one gift over another is unhealthy for the church. To highlight one function Of the church over another would actually cripple the church. To highlight one age group over another is unhealthy. Now, I mean, that's one of the reasons you may wonder, you know, why does Brian not speak as much as he did 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever. Listen, it's healthy for me to have other people up here. So it's not about me. It's healthy for me to have different age groups up here. You know, Paul, and I love this. Paul, over the last few years, you know, I mean, he speaks differently than me, than I do. And you know what? I celebrate his unique giftedness. You've seen Terrence Lester up here. You've seen Damian Boyd up here. I, they, they both speak different than, than, than I do and Paul does. And, and we celebrate that different. Todd Hampton's up here from time to time. Steve Veal, listen, we celebrate their unique giftedness. And here's the thing. I don't want this church to be built around me because it's not about me. And there will come a day when I won't be here any longer. And this church needs to move on because it's not about one person. Now I'm the senior pastor, I get it. But listen, I'm not the sole leader of this church either. We have an elder team that I'm a part of. And on that team, there are different ages and different spiritual gifts and different backgrounds and even some great other skin colors and ethnicities. We have a leadership team and a pastor director team that run the day to day. And on that team, there are different skin colors and genders and diff- that represent different generations. And people bring different spiritual gifts to the table, some with the gift of teaching and some with the gift of mercy and helps and others who are wonderful shepherds and pastors and some lean in heavy towards outreach and some lean in more towards discipleship and some towards prophecy and some towards the application apostolic gifts. But you know what? It all gets celebrated and it's all vital and it helps bring balance to this church. It's all important. Now, what, what, what you bring, listen, what you bring when you walk through the door, what you bring to the table is vital to our effectiveness as a church. Your age. I know some of you look around and go, man, this church is really young. It's really not. When you look around, you realize, yeah, there's pretty, I think there's a pretty good balance here. Your giftedness, your background, your talents, your gender, your skin color, it's all important. And here's the thing, Satan will want to whisper in your ear that you're not gifted or that you're too old or that you're too young or that no one sees your service or doesn't care. He'd have you believe that, that, that what you're doing in the church is not important because it's not on the stage or it's not on the screen, and those are all lies, Your flesh will want to jump in on that conversation as as well. Your pride or your ego will cause you to get frustrated and discouraged because maybe you're not getting praise for your efforts. Let let me give you a little perspective from Scripture. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily. In other words, give it all that you've got for the Lord and not for men whether you're working inside the church or outside the church or whether it's in your home or outside the home, do it for the Lord, not for the praise of men. When your focus is all on working for the Lord and his praise alone, listen, that leaves very little room for Satan to be whispering lies in your ear or for the flesh to mess with your head. It frees you up to put your gifts into the game because you know they're vital. You know they came from God. You know they're important. You know they're needed and you're doing it all for the Lord anyways. Now, I want you to do me a favor. Just take a moment. I want you to look around at everyone around you. Don't look just at your spouse or your kids. Look at everyone. Just look around you, okay? Do you notice the differences? Aren't you glad that we weren't all created to look alike? I mean, that's what makes life so awesome. It's just, God just went, I'm going to spice it up. I'm going to make them all look different. He made us unique. And you know what? Here's the thing you need to understand. Get this. He likes you. He likes how he created you. I know some of you used to, I don't like this. I don't like how I'm created. But God goes, I I like, I like these people. I like how I made them. I like the gifts I've given them. I've assigned them all with, with, with different, different gifts. But, but at the end of the day, here's what you need to know. Because of Jesus, you belong, regardless of your pastor, your background. And when everybody jumps in, bringing every gift and all of our experiences and backgrounds, you know what? We're just extremely effective. We really are. I, I know some of you are our guests here, and I'm sound bragging, but this church, when we're all working together, nothing like it. Nowhere around here, I'm just telling you but we're better together. We're better together. And the last thing is we are better together when we depend upon each other. I know we live in this age of independence. Our society just bombs us and bombards us with this philosophy of being self-sufficient and doing our own thing. But Christianity is not a religion of independence. It's a relationship of interdependence. We enter into a relationship through dependence solely upon Jesus and the work that he's done on the cross on, on our behalf. And once you become part of the body of Christ, what you stay dependent upon Jesus, but you experience interdependence with other people in the body, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's what Paul says. He says, as it is in verse 20, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you verse 15 just for a moment Paul, paul's saying listen he says one part of the body is saying because i'm not like them they don't need me but here's what he's saying here he's saying just the opposite he says no the, i don't need them i don't need them at all independence is not part of god's plan for his people he doesn't have an alternative do-it-yourself plan it's not part of the plan being self-sufficient, actually pushes against God's plan for your lives. It's not how he designed you, and it's not how he designed this church or the church. In verse 22, he says, on the contrary, he says, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more Presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Like, well, Brian, that's making my head spin. You should be me up here reading that, okay? Listen, what does that mean? It means that every part of the body is so important, and everything has a work to do for the body to be healthy. And if the parts we can't see, or think about much that if they stop working, the things that are visible are going to suffer. They're going to suffer. I mean, think about how much focus we put on our face. I mean, how, you got up this morning and you stared in the mirror and some of you put, put a, you put a lot of time into your face this morning. Some of you, not so much. I mean, some of you probably need to put a little bit more time in, into <laughs> that. No, you look good, okay? All right. But we, what do we do? We focus on what everybody sees. But if we neglect the health of our liver, which you don't see, what happens to our face? Our skin's going to turn yellow, all right? Our, our, our eyes get this yellow tinge. Every part depends upon another part to stay healthy. And the same goes with the church. There are just no unimportant parts. If, it all, if all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes stopped happening, you would notice it publicly, wouldn't you? Listen, this parking lot team that works out there, that's been out here this morning in 20 degree weather. Some of it was, they were here earlier in 16 degree weather. The people, this is is statistically true. People decide within the first 10 minutes of whether they're gonna come back to your church. Now, I always pray when I'm praying around this church. I'm like, Lord, help people to feel your presence as soon as they drive on the parkway. Do you know how that happens? There's not some magical thing going out there. They feel it when they have interactions with us. That's why I, I love this, this. We have a lady in our church named Penny. She stands down at the corner with her white hand. That, where, is she in here? Where are you, Penny? That lady's awesome. Because you know what? When I drive down there, I mean, she's making me feel good about being here. But all of you who are out there and then people get to the door and, and those greeters at the door are so important. And then people are checking, helping people get their kids checked in. And listen, if all of that goes bad, probably not coming back. You're like, okay, burnt hickory next week. Or you know, whatever that looks like. How, what I do up here is connected to what y'all do out there. That's how important it is. And if people have a great experience out there, checking their kids into kids' ministry, then they feel better about listening when they're in here. And how well you do there depends on how well those who are organizing all of that do here. It all works together. We all depend upon each other. We all need each other. And then Paul takes it further. He says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member's honored, all rejoice together. In other words, when someone's hurting in the church, we should all be hurting with them. We should be carrying each other's burdens. He says, when someone's honored, we should celebrate with them. Can I tell you something, Westridge? You do a really good job of this. One of the most, uh, probably the thing I'm most proud of in this church, one of the things for sure is, is the fact that we, we just do really well at crying with each other and celebrating with each other. So here's the question again. Do I belong? Jesus made a way for you to belong. Regardless of whether you're, your current spiritual state, I want you to know you belong here. This is a place for you to, to work out your issues, to get your questions answered. We welcome your messiness. Some of you may have some, you know, you're still wondering about your sin issues. You're wondering if you're in sin. You're wondering, what, Listen, this is a good place for you to work that out. Every person, every gift is essential to fulfilling our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. In other words, you're important. You belong, and we are truly better together. So here's my challenge for every single one of you, every one of you, okay? What's your next step? What is your next step in becoming a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? For some of you, it just starts right here with salvation. Your next step, your, your step is to recognize what's going on in your heart right now. The Holy Spirit is, is pulling at your heart and that you realize that you have a need for Jesus in your life, that because he's the only one that can fix your life, can give you new life, can really truly give you authentic, true belonging. And today's your day. Today's your day to ask God to forgive you of your sins, to confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God and to receive God's gift of salvation and to receive new life into your heart and to walk out of this building a brand new person with a brand new identity in a brand new family. For some of you, it's to take that step of baptism. You've, you've trusted Christ, but you've never publicly identified with people that that's what's happened in your life. And we'd love to help you with that. For some of you, it's getting involved in a small group. For some of you, it's getting connected into serving. It's unwrapping those gifts and getting them into play because we, like as I said, we need you. We're missing your gift some of you, I know this is a big church and you're thinking, man, you, get, you, you seem to have it all covered. We don't because you're missing from it. Well, I tried to get involved, but they told me they didn't need me. Ah, it probably didn't happen. If it did, come talk to me because I got some talking to do to some other people. All right, we need you, every one of you. To unwrap your gift and get it in play. So what's your next step? What are you gonna do? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord I thank you that because of Jesus we belong. It's nothing that we've done. All of our giftedness, Lord, you've made it available because you gave it to us. And you want us to put it in play and work as hard as we can. Focusing on your praise and not the praise of men. And so Lord, I do know that there's some folks here today as there were in the last service who have never settled that issue of belonging. And today's their day. Today's the day that they're going to, to, Lord, no longer say no to you. And they're not gonna say no to you any longer, Lord. Today's the day of yes. And today's the day where they're gonna walk out knowing without a shadow of a doubt that they truly belong to a family bigger than themselves, Lord. A family that's eternal. So if you're here today, you've never made that decision. You've never responded to that Invitation. Pray with me. Lord, at this moment, I put my faith and trust in Jesus alone. I want to belong. Jesus has made the way. I say yes to that. I ask for your forgiveness of sin. I ask you, Lord, to, to come into my life right now. I receive salvation into my life. I want to be a new person inside. I want to walk out of here changed, knowing that I belong to the family of God, Lord. And so I say yes to this invitation. Thank you for all you're doing inside of me right now. And if you're praying that with me right now, raise your hand all over this place here today. Raise your hand if you're praying that with me. Amen, amen. Now, if you would, get your Get Connected card, fill it out, check that box that says, today I pray to receive Christ. Let us help you to take your next step. Whatever step we need to take this morning, Father, help us to take it. Help us to realize that because we belong, because we're part of the body of Christ, that we're all important. All the barriers and walls are down. We're all essential. Help us to realize that not only is every person important, but every gift is important. And that, Lord, we truly need each other and that we're better together. Thank you for making us that way.